So we're waiting for uh, Izzy to come back. That's what I believe is happening. Hey, Izzy, you you hit the wrong button again, didn't you? Yeah, those damn X's get confusing. <laughs> it's computers, man. They they they're they're confusing and scary and stuff. Yeah. Okay. You ready? Because I was going to do the intro right right about the time you is this what, the, you went ghost on. Uh, this is about the time I did the outro. <laughs> yeah. I was doing the intro and you were like, "All right, peace out, cruel world." <laughs> do your thing, brother. Do, do my thing. Is this where the music starts? Uh, it's probably probably already oh, rolling in okay. here by now. <laughs> You ruin everything, Joe. Can I have any secrets? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to maybe, I've said too much, the flux capacitor of internet radio. My name is Mike and I'll be your host. And when I get this thing to 88 miles an hour, you're going to see some serious shit. I'm joined as always by my good buddies, Izzy Swan of all things, IzzySwan.com, and Joel Crawford of the Missing Digit Woodshop. Gentlemen's. What's up? What's up? What's up, gentlemen? I'm uh, I'm operating at 1.21 1. uh, gigawatts myself. Uh, 121 gigawatts. I believe. Whatever. I think also I put, measured in joules. I put on a lot of weight this summer, this winter, so um, or last winter, and haven't managed to get any of it off this summer. So I, I'm measuring things in gigawatts now. Not me, Jig- the kid, baby. Get some gigawatts. Oh, sorry. <laughs> By the way, I wanted to uh, say I did listen to that terrible reclaimed audio. Um, and Who? Joel, you did a good job on that last show. Well, I, I don't want to promote them, but it was uh, it was uh, it was fun fun being with them, and I enjoyed well, my time. The only reason to listen is when we're on. There. Right. So, I mean, right. No well, no, we have to make sure that they're living up to their end of the deal, you know, with oh, yeah, Patreon support. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you know, very good job, sir. Um, I don't know why you and others are so fascinated with how I poo. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, not- it's, it's, uh, it comes up in uh, random conversations. I was just pumping gas. The lady beside me said, uh, how's, she was like, hey. how's, uh, how's Mr. Laffy's stool today? And I'm like, I don't know. Let me text him. Let me, uh, you know, we can FaceTime him right now. He's probably <laughs> He's there. He's probably there. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, you know, I've always wondered, you know, one day I'll be gone and the internet will hold a record of my being. And uh, I'm starting to worry about what that record is. <laughs> so, because there's, there's some stuff. There's things. You know, we don't have the only recording. Somebody out there is archiving these things. And they're like, this is going to be worth something later. And I don't know if it's for the good or if it's just for blackmail. No. No, they're planning on, you know, kidnapping massive amounts of people and playing this crap over and over again on a loudspeaker as a way of torturing them. So, you, yeah, that's probably I don't know. Castor has gone away. Who are you going to who are you going to aim it at? I don't know. It's always the good ones. <laughs> well, anyway, gentlemen, uh, it, let me uh, let me let me check off my hosting duties here for a minute. But uh Izzy, what have you been up to this last uh this last week and stuff. Uh, I'm sleeping a lot. Um, <laughs> no, I've been working on some pneumatic systems. I'm, I'm playing around with the idea of homemade pneumatics so we can... I like the idea of being able to... Because see, normally for 30 years, I've always planned the my designs and builds around the pneumatic clamps that are available on the market. Like you go out and you, you know, you buy this pneumatic, you know, um, uh, clamp or... 
cylinder, whatever you guys want to call them. Um, so I've always done that, and I, I'm, I'm playing around with the idea of making some homemade versions. So rather than kind of planning the build around it, I can incorporate the pneumatics directly into the build, if that makes any sense at all. Can I make a request? Because I sure. saw the uh, the Instagram of your whatever that thing is with the blue mm-hmm. cylinder that you had. But um, And I think that this, this is something that you should probably, if anybody should be looking into, it should be you. But I think you should make the pneumatic cylinders out of the old uh, discarded toilet paper rolls. Yeah. So. <laughs> it, it, that's, I, I don't even know what to say to that. No. <laughs> there's, there's no way that that's the strangest thing I've ever said on this show. No, but. It, See, the, you know. the, what happened was you were like, you started thinking, you're like, well, how could I do that? <laughs> well, I suppose you could if, you know, your, your PSI was like at, I don't know, 0.01 pounds per pressure, pressure you know, yeah. But it wouldn't be. Like what? You can put a little, uh, you put a little fiberglass resin over that in the tube. You'd be good to go. Or I mean, you listen, just go if, buy aluminum if, tubing or PVC tubing if, or if you're not the one to tubing. figure it out, I'll give this to Lutz. Yeah, I'm sure he can do it. He'll make a guitar out of it. Go, yeah, tell him to go yeah, make a true. guitar out of it. Yeah, no. I so I've been working with that, and I just um, actually I'm just in fact I was gonna put a video up tonight, but you guys interrupted me with this podcast thing because mm. it's not quite done yet. Um, Neither is the podcast, right? Right. We're I still, we're still half baked. One, and it, the, I was um, was very impressed with its performance. In fact, I had I had turned the air compressor back up. I don't have a, a regulator on that I you know carry around with me. I just use the one on the air compressor, and I turned the PSI back up to do some nailing. I forgot to turn it back down. <laughs> I plugged it into the thing, and it blew the front end of the of the um, of the cylinder off. I mean, it's just it's three quarters Got weird. plywood. But that's three quarter inch plywood, and it just smashed right through it. I'm going, yeah, this is going to have plenty of power. So, um, you know, so that was a so that was kind of a fun little bit of excitement in my day today. But By the way, that, your video last week when you were sta- when you sat there and you said, uh, so uh, you know, for those of you who are worried about putting your you know, getting your fingers, <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> don't put your fingers in here. Then <laughs> you just sat there for a minute. I was like, that's. Might be my favorite edit I've ever seen on YouTube. And so it's pretty fantastic. <laughs> I, well, I knew that was going to hit. I was going to get a whole ton of comments about you getting your fingers caught in it. Oh, Joe said it on this show. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, like, really? it's a reasonable <laughs> no, you thing. Don't turn on a table saw and, you know, you start thinking about putting your fingers in it. I mean, just don't. Uh, it's funny. Every time I turn my table saw on, it's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't do that. It's probably the reason I don't put my fingers in it because <laughs> I'm going, oh, shit. That looks like it would take your fingers up. You know, there's Sorry, guys. I, I guess um, people are in the audience are having a hard time hearing me. Which yeah, is but they, we don't care about them. The uh, status I, quo. I fix all that later. The uh, I, I actually Izzy, I think you're on the right track. I think there's a I think there's a niche for um, you know p- putting more automation into the home shop because there are people that have projects that come up where they need fifty of something and they need something that's repeatable. And the idea of having good clamping and quick things that can do those things. Um, sure. E- even at the home gamer level or semi-pro level or even pro level is like there's nobody that really does. Matthias maybe in some of his things have made some automation type things. But it's a, I think it's a really good, like it would be a really good place to be because everybody's moving towards that. Like there are. You know, there's like what is it, the Tiger Stop that does the, the, the like uh, for chop saws. Um, well, yeah, I mean they use it on chop saws most commonly. The right. Tiger Stop is a 
uh, is basically uh, think about it like a calculator. You punch some numbers into, and then a stop measures out to that right. Number. So there's like a linear right. channel that yeah. that it flows through. Yeah, and so that's you know that's just one way to make you know good, repeatable, easy, you know, easy to do cuts. And there are even some I don't know if if that particular system does where you can program in like a set of of things that you would end up doing like let's say you build chair 42 and all of the measurements for chair 42 are in it you just don't go down the list um but you know it's it's not having pneumatics having linear actuators things like that um nobody really does that and then it's really those are relatively cheap and simple things you know compared to thousand dollar saws yeah i built this one with some pvc um testing some pressures with it and um you know it was uh I I think I had five dollars into this clamp altogether, um, and it worked great. It was phenomenal. Uh, granted, pneumatic cylinders in the way of tools and stuff that we buy every day are really dirt cheap. Sure, uh, you can you can go to Amazon and get a really crazy powerful pneumatic you know, cylinder for fifty bucks, or you can get one that you know, like I use for my um, like for I use for my my bench vice for twenty twenty two dollars on Amazon. Yeah, and that's to your door. So figure like yeah, like yeah. you know, and if you think about the peripheral stuff, right. like the hoses and the little the little you know connectors, the little connectors are three three dollars to five dollars for ten of them. The hoses are like you know you get three a hundred feet for ten bucks. You know the little one eighth or quarter inch or six mil hose that you use with these things. It's really super cheap. You know um, the idea of. The so idea. the toilet paper roll thing is just a stupid idea altogether. <laughs> well, from a cost from a cost analysis, yeah, it's ridiculous. Even using the PVC is a little silly because it is so cheap to get into. Is it really worth the time that it takes to build one? Granted, it doesn't take much time, um, but the th- I, the uh, concept here is if I can build these new these pneumatics into a system rather than having to design the system around available pneumatics, that opens up a little a few opportunities for some pretty cool stuff hmm. that i that i have rattling around in the old rust you know the old rusty brain and um i need to get it out at some point so it's, i was what testing about, that yeah, what about your fingers though i mean don't don't, don't you put them about in your it. fingers <laughs> yeah don't put them in there when i start up the router i think to myself before i even do it i think should i put my fingers in there and then i go through a philosophical moment and oftentimes the conclusion is no i should not put my fingers in there yeah. Well, the biggest, I think we had a lot of comments about the speed because they, they, they actuate fast. They're fairly violent, but with with literally a 75 cent needle valve, you can make it move as fast or as slow as you want just by restricting the airflow. It won't affect the amount of pressure. It'll just, how fast the air fills up the cylinder right. is all is, is all it does. So you can, you can turn I, it down so it's mega slow if you want, but. I can't believe that no one, I mean, let's just, a, just a, uh, um, the thing is, at nut level, why are people worried about their fingers first? <laughs> right. That's the part I couldn't understand. Is like you're talking about fingers. This thing is down there by the by the twins. You know, that's uh, I'd be more afraid of catching that in there. How hard would it be to fabricate just a little like aluminum disc that fits in between a coupling with like a pinhole in it? It wouldn't be difficult at all. I mean, like you could do that with a right. You could do that with a router, or you could do it with a small CNC machine. You could do it if you're Jimmy Duresa. You could do it with your teeth. Right. Right. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was thinking even. Thank you. Some sort of punch. I guess you could even pop them out of. 
<laughs> right. Um, I, you, I don't know. You know, you start aluminum doesn't break as easy as you might think. It likes to it, it because it's such a softer material. It's a non-ferrous material, so it kind of squishes. It doesn't really break as well. Maybe uh, hmm. water jet or laser. I'm I'm thinking like a, you're thinking stamp kind of thing. Yeah. Stamp amount. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a really I, super. Maybe a thin thin aluminum. I was just thinking that know. for twenty dollars they send it to your home. Yeah. So <laughs> before you go making aluminum stamps and production stuff. Yeah, you can, and you can. They'll send, I mean, and, I, and I'm sure if you got on like Alibaba, you could probably find one for like ten bucks. <laughs> so, oh, way less. It's only gonna last for about sixteen seconds, and fingers will be the least of your worries. But it'll be at least you'll have it. So. Yeah. The, so the concept behind building a pneumatic cylinder um, is not. It's not there because, and for everybody who doesn't have a clue what I'm talking about, I'm, I have a video up uh, today or tomorrow or tonight or tomorrow. I'll watch it um, on the YouTube's. The uh, the uh, the concept here is how can we build pneumatic systems directly into the projects that we're building without having to design around what's available out there, and that's that's really where I was going with this. Mm. They're super simple. I mean, it's it, I had a hard time stretching this video out into a six minute video. I could have very easily done this in a three minute video and explained everything very thoroughly and been done with it. But um, YouTube doesn't like three minute videos anymore, so. <laughs> The ladies don't like them uh, in three minutes either. Depends on <laughs> depends on the lady, just, I guess. Just saying. It's, uh, Are you done there's, yet? There's a lot of there's a lot of anger. Three minutes. But um, Joel, <laughs> yes, sir. I think that's a great transition for you. What have you been up to? Thanks. <laughs> I uh, uh, we had we actually had a good week. We we used all of our. It was scrap hunting week, so we we hunted scrap and we made all sorts of cheese boards and hunting boards and <clears throat> signs. So Margo's Digit Woodshop. That's right. That's right. We we did a uh, our local city that we live in. We did the what's called the Gold Rush Festival and uh, set up a booth and did our thing. And uh, it was kind of a bust as far as sales go. Um, but we got to hang out with a lot of our neighbors and friends and people that are in the community and uh, show our wares. And since we sell mostly online, actually, I would I would say exclusively online. Um, it was fun seeing a lot of our friends see what we do and go, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize when you said you were a woodworker, this is what you did. And so we had about 30 or 40 pieces. We sold a, a few of them. and uh, and But for the most part, we ate giant chunks of smoked meat and saw parades and hung out with all the peoples. And uh, then we went to a concert uh, that evening after we packed up and uh, hung out and listened to, you know, all the covers from Bon Jovi to ZZ Top to Black Crows and Queen. And it was, it was fantastic. <laughs> there was about us. We had a table down front and... You know, 2,000 other people that were there for that evening. And it was a good time had by all. Can't complain. It's a good day. So the uh, the, the sales the sales were a little lackluster, but the, the the cover band was on point? Yeah. Yeah. The, actually, the, the, it's, I kid you not, they're called the Velcro Pygmies. And, and they're, they've got like a following. They've been doing this for 20-something years. And uh, I think they're playing in, uh, in uh, Athens. Uh, this coming weekend or something, but they were just, they were great. They were fun and entertaining and they were really good. 
like like very good musicians in their lineups. You know how cover bands are. They're like, okay, what should we play next, guys? And these guys would lead like into song after song after song, just hmm. dancing on the stage. So it was it was, it was just a, it was a good show. I mean, it was good for kids and good for adults, and it's very weird to to see that music kind of referred to as oldies. Yeah, right. um, because you know, like I was thinking, you know, when I was growing up, and my parents took me to a concert, you know, it was like, um, you know, it was like Beach Boys covers and um, Sinatra's covers and things like that would have been like of of their age or maybe slightly predate their age, um, and that was kind of like what you did in the park. There was a guy up there, and he was bellowing out, and there's a horn section and things like that, and now like that same thing's happening, but it's with massive hairdos and mohawks and neon shirts and girls throwing their bras on stage is like, like that's where we're at. It was just, it was a weird revelation. It's, it's funny that I, I have that cause I, we actually do eighties night at my house. Right. So not, we don't do it every Saturday, but you know, I'll get the kids together and I'll put on some movie like, you know, we'll watch the princess bride or back to the future. Or Raiders 16 of the candles. And, you know, <laughs> the the funny part is watching Back to the Future, like all the tech in there, like it's future. Right. Like we, we've surpassed by a million right. miles at this point. Right. And, and that's, so that's uh, the references in there are kind of hilarious because, you know, where they thought we were going and what we have or, you know. Didn't he? Yeah, didn't he? It the was the same sport. He, when he jumped into the future, he was two, 2018, wasn't it? We're in the, the year that he jumped into the future. Mm, that changes every year. I don't remember exactly yeah. what it is, but they, uh, that, that meme keeps circling. So, um, no, but, I'm I'm pretty sure that I'm correct on this one. I have to look it up now. Well, you know, you you're you have the Google machine. Just don't close out the uh, show. I'll, uh, hey, I'll hit any X I feel like hitting here, Mister. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> October twenty first, um, two thousand fifteen is Back to the Future. Two thousand fifteen. Yep. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, so that, but uh, but yeah, knowing you know, knowing that those are oldies is kind of interesting. So it's a. Uh, but actually, uh, you had mentioned something there, Joel, probably inadvertently on a topic I wanted to cover this evening. Um, so I'm, I'm here for you. you up because you you said, and I, since I have the two of you here, I figured you know what better what better conversation to have. Um, you said that you are primarily, almost exclusively, an online retailer. So my question is, and this is something I'm kind of I'm going to pretend that it's about me, okay? Even though I don't think it's about me. Uh, I want to start an online business. Okay. So I want to sell things on the internet. Now, both of you guys primarily make your living because of the internet. So I'm gonna. I've got different questions for both of you because I think that you both kind of have different skill sets. But what um, what's your experience with eBay, Amazon, sort of all the online retailers, and which ones do you prefer? Which ones do you detest? We don't need a four-hour rant about PayPal in this either, by the way, Joel. But um, <laughs> I have never ranted about PayPal on the show. That's true. Um, so, but yeah, I'm curious which ones. Speaking you, of uh, PayPal, you know, let's talk a little about PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about how horrible PayPal is. Let's, they're a sponsor. All right. All right. <laughs> so, but um, <laughs> no, it's so. so, I, you, so, so I, what you're saying I, is when I, you're. I want to I want to start selling things on the internet. How do I do it? Who do I go to? Where's the best place for me to begin? Well, the best place for you to begin is to build a product. I have widget A and widget B. Okay. 
Well, so before you ever, like, <clears throat> before you ever figure out, before you ever start to sell something, you have to figure out why you're selling it. Like, you, you mm-hmm. have to, you have to find the market, and you have to kind of figure out where your competitors are on that market, and you have to really look at it. And this isn't a kind of a, a look at it for a day or two. This is when I'm trying to do something that's different or new for us. I'm I'm looking at the market going, why does this need to exist? Who already makes it exist? And why can I do it better? And that's usually a couple of weeks process because I'm I'm searching through patents, I'm searching through online sales, I'm searching through historical records through the internet. There's always the internet archive. Um, I'm looking for a lot of those things. Now, if it's just like, listen, I'm making a spatula and you're like, I'm, it's going to be spatula city and you know, dot com, then be like, okay, well, everybody makes a spatula. Why now we have to make a decision. Why should I make spatulas? Why am I spatula? Yeah. Why am I spatula? So, so the, so you have to like, these are all, these are all the questions before you ever open up a store online you should have these questions all kind of laid out and these are the reasons why what you're doing is worth your time right so you have widget a you have widget b and you say these are the greatest things in sliced bread and so you go searching for things greater than sliced bread and you find out what your competitors are you find out why your product is better you figure out who you're marketing to right so there's a demographic that you're going to be going after. You may not know exactly what that is. Um, weirdly enough, we have a product called a page pal, and one of our demographics are people that are infirm in holding books. They have some sort of arthritic issue or some sort of muscular dystrophy or something. I never envisioned that in my whole life when we made that product. Mm-hmm. And we get wonderful response from people saying this is it makes it much easier for me to hold a book. Um, you know, these this is this accomplished a thing uh, for me. So, just out of curiosity, not to cut you off, but yeah. how much of how much of what how much of my demographics are going to find me? You know, so I come up with a product that we'll just we'll say that I we'll say I have a product that I want to sell, right? So it's something I feel is you know there's a market for the space. Um, you know, whatever this thing may be, we call it widget A, right? So, um, I get online with it and, you know, I start making it available to who I think is actually getting, you know, whether it's going to be a decent product or not like this, you know, your page turner thing here, um, or anti turner, I guess is what it would be. Uh, how much of the market finds you and how much of the demographics are actually, you know, people you weren't even expecting to be these things, right? You just kind of created this thing and holy shit, it sells. Um, the worms of cans have been opened. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You're you're nobody if you don't put yourself out there. And how do you put yourself out there? That's the question. And, and you know, maybe you have maybe you have my pet rock or the or the you know the thing that actually people are searching for, and maybe they find you that way. Uh, but if you are the only person doing it, and all of a sudden it gains a lot of popularity, then you're going to get found. If you're not the only person doing it. Um, and it's popular, you're going to get buried in a sea of other people doing it. How, that's the marketing ploy. That's the thing. How do you get I it? I keep hearing someone people? shouting cutting boards in the back. Well, yeah, I, sure. You know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's one of the reasons why we don't do cutting boards. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the why, that's the, 
people aren't just going to find you. I mean, you got to, that's the one thing I always tease about woodworkers that want to go full time. You know, um, unless you understand your demographic and, and, and unless you're ready to not do woodworking full time and be a part time woodworker and a full time marketeer, you might want to rethink your, your, you know, what you're doing. So um, that's the, that's the, the catch all of, you know, running a business, especially mm-hmm. nowadays with online market. That being said, it's also easier to reach a lot more people nowadays with, you know, if you know, understand, if you understand how to reach them and you don't have to understand how to reach them. You can pay people that understand how to reach them to do that for you. So, mm-hmm. so, and, and, and let, let me, let me skip back. Not that this doesn't make sense, but I want to skip past this part of things a little bit because um, I want to assume that I have a product Right. Um, that I think that the market needs something that when I created it, I thought to myself, oh shit, this fixes X for me. Right. Um, and, and X doesn't currently exist. So I've got a, I've got that. Now I want to take it online. What's the, what's the best way for doing that part? So let's just assume that I have a thing. I understand the need for the thing. Um, you know, the, the, I want to know, okay, well now that I have that, what's the best way for me to get that out there as far as, you know, is it word of mouth? Is it craft shows? If I build online, is it, you know, do you do, you do eBay? Do you do Amazon? Like what's involved in actually setting up a marketplace, like going through all these things? Like what, what does that look like for a guy that's never done it before? That depends on the product, what the product is. I mean, if it's if it's something that's viable for the internet, like let's assume that it is something So I can viable. stick it in a box and ship it. Okay. Um, then it's about reaching the mass markets. And another way to, a great way and inexpensive way to start doing something like that is Facebook marketing. Everybody hates Facebook, but the marketing works well. It's inexpensive. You can dial in the market you want to reach. Let's say it's a, you're, you have a product for guys with beards. So you go on, you go into, um, to Facebook and you go and you dump your, you know, your 200 bucks or 300 bucks in whatever it is. And you tell them where, who you want to see it. You want people who watch channels for beards, who watch, um, you know, hunting uh, or, or pay attention to hunting and outdoor shows or, or channels, that kind of thing. So you can dial now, is that it Facebook? Down. Is that the marketplace or is that no, Facebook? That's Facebook marketing. That's ads just on, the marketing. Yeah. Okay. Ads.facebook.com. Yep. That's a great place to start. You can really dial in who you're because you and you're not you're not doing what Home Depot and every other bloody person on the planet does. It puts out a commercial. It's like you're, you know, it's like you're, um, Pardon the expression, but you're jerking your seat off all over the place and hoping to get one person pregnant. So, you know, um, <laughs> all the t-shirts are yours these last couple right. of weeks. So, <laughs> and, so, and thankfully, so, so, real quick on that. So, let's not ever make that a t-shirt. You can do, you can dial in your marketing so you're directing it towards the person that is without most feeding the geese, buy it, without dumping a ton of money into useless advertising right so 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 it's, it's basically got the demographic information baked right in yes it, but so facebook marketing is the best place to do that it's a great way to start i'm not saying start. it's yeah i'm not saying yep. it's the end all be all but for a small company just starting out looking for traffic it's a great place to start and you can do it on a budget okay you were saying also joe so so there's a couple of things you have to realize that it depends a lot on the product it depends on is this a useful thing or is this like people's needs vary people need to be entertained every once in a while so there is a need for products that are that are fun right then there's also needs that actually meet kind of a real world 
you know, if you have, if if you're, yeah, uh, if you're a machinist, I'm yeah. You for a second, I want to, I want to visualize, give, give everybody listening a visual, what you mean by that, and let's say things that you need are like, let's, you need toilet paper. All right, so that's that's an essential. All right, since we're at the toilet paper, you know, podcast, let's talk about that. You need toilet paper. <laughs> Wait, we are. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's we're known for we're known for that conversation. Okay, I, I, I get comments. Sorry, from internet. Time to time. <laughs> so, and then the 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 entertainment and and for lack of a better um, product, let's just say widget spinners. You know, the the fidget spinners, whatever they were, that just blew by us here last year. That's an entertainment thing. So, all right. That sorry, Joel. I just wanted to clarify that. No, no, no. So, all so right. there's right. So, so let's say um, let's say you're a machinist. And that's your day job. And there's a common problem that happens and that you have just a, a quick fix for it. And that thing is going to be used by lots of people in the same predicament. Everybody deals with it a certain way, but you found a better way to deal with it. Right. And that's a very common startup thing. How many people have you ran across in your lifetime and said, oh, yeah, I make this thing. And it's, you know, it's for screen printers, for machinists, it's for custodians, it's for blankety blank and it helps them do their job then if facebook marketing is actually really really great for that because it lets you very specifically hit demographics that those people are likely going to be interested so the so when you get to the marketing side of things but also those are the easiest by far to sell word of mouth because you have a community already built around those things and uh there's the guy that invented the little dust shoe that travels on the x carve right it, it sits down mm-hmm. on the workpiece and it's just, it's a very simple design and it works for flat mm-hmm. surfaces. And I don't know if that guy ever spent any money advertising those products because their whole group set around the X-Car CNC machine. And once it got out, everybody went, oh, that's not an unreasonable price to pay for dust management. You know, so that's a perfect example of it. Probably word of mouth was 99.8% of whatever he or she did with that particular device. Um, then there are other things that compete in the market. Um, and I think about the, the ultimate cooler the guy set up on Kickstarter. Sometimes there are products that are, are unique in the way that they are eye-appealing and catchy. You remember all those commercials that we is it tr- grew up with in on saturday you know with quick side conversation yeah. is it true that he took the money and ran away? no he just had he just had huge production problems trying to get it all due at the price point that he set it at and the price point was not unhefty it was like 350 for a cooler you know um but i think he was i think it just i don't know the very specifics of it but but he didn't just take the money and run on it there have been a couple of startups that have done that, but I think by and far, most people are quite genuine <clears throat> in their love of their particular design oh, or product. Yeah. I wouldn't discourage anybody right. from Kickstarter. I've done I've done Kickstarter a few times. I've, I've contributed to Kickstarter sure. a few times. Um, and Kickstarter would be one of those things where you have the ability to impress a lot of people, and it gets you. Uh, it gets you, but but that wouldn't be. I don't think that would be the place where you take that machinist widget and put it on there because you have a very limited audience and you don't need that kind of coverage unless you need the capital 
Yeah, that's only for that, that's just for no, 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 no. no. Like an actual like an actual thing I can either manufacture. No, this or buy from this China. is a whole new world. Yeah, that's a that's a miscom no misconception. Kickstarter is a fantastic like, way to go viral with something, but it, but again, it has to be something that fits a person's. That's real high frequency, though. I mean, you got to be you, you. I mean, you got to have something that you know, like a. I mean, this because uh, I, I I go on there, you know, pretty frequently. I mean, you got it's almost like getting a viral video. Sure, I mean, you sure. just got to hope that you catch the wave and get it. It's you know, otherwise, it seems like a well, the, well look it, at Jocko, sort of a hard place to, to get. Look to, at Jocko, to, to whatever advertise. he came out with. A, I mean, it's it's cool. It's a little utility knife. It's not, it's nothing over the top, but it's a really cool knife. And uh, he just did a Kickstarter, and I three hundred and something thousand dollars, three hundred thousand dollars for it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and that shows a love for both the product and the person, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, and and so, so when you yeah, but Giacco's got an entire advertising thing built around him anyway. I mean, he's his own brand, so he's got right. You know, he just had to. He's just got to figure out a product to attach to it. Is is basically all he did. At that so point. so the that's exactly what it was. I mean, it was, I mean, it's, it's a good idea. I haven't seen the final product. It's not been in my hands, but I can tell you if it fills a need, right? And then people want to support someone that's actively trying to engage and make the world of makers better by creating things that are, oh, yeah. are good. Well, in the maker space is easy just because you have, you know, I mean, there's, everybody wants to support everybody to begin with. Sure. So, I mean, there's people give, give money just to give money. Uh, from a monetary standpoint, but then, you know, if you happen to have a product that fills even the most basic need people, sure. buy it. you know, I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. so why do you think Jimmy sells, you know, $60 ice picks that he sells, you know, a thousand at a time? Well, who the hell needs an ice pick? <laughs> you know what I mean? Then when you get it, when you get it to your house, you're like, holy shit, I really needed this ice pick. I didn't know I needed this ice pick, but you know, uh, but so you're, I was just, you're ri- I was just giving money to a name at that Your point, original right? so, question is, is so hard it is so multifaceted depending on what you're making and who you're trying to go after and what you're, mm-hmm. and, and we're not even talking about production yet, which is a whole other thing. I, I don't, and, and that's a separate conversation. Right. I'm just interested in the, the dynamics of, of an online marketplace. It, Once again, it depends. I, I already have the product and it fits in a box and I want to, I want to sell it. Well, um, if you, I, it, you, it, it's whatever the demographic information may be. I just, I'm, what is the place I want to put that online? Let's and assume, how do I do that? Let's assume this isn't a heavy hitter. This isn't something that it's not the Spartan knife block that's just going to get a ton of traffic because it's such a cool product mm-hmm. um, right off the bat. So you have to earn this traffic. That's that's the assumption that I'm kind of going with here. Um, is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't I would never base anybody's like what we did with Spartans. I I can't repeat. I won't ever likely repeat. So, so it's it's not a it's not a good learning experience. If you have a viable product that is definitely a, a niche filled or entertainment niche um, product that you can put out in the world, and um, you got your homework cut out for you, and there's a lot of work involved in actually getting it out there in front of people. So, if you're talking about, let's say it's one of us, we're starting in our basement in our garage, um, at, at the coffee table in the living room, wherever it happens to be. Uh, you know, I, I definitely promote the, the Facebook market or the Facebook um, uh, ad, ads. Uh, if it's something that's what you want, it's always going to be small or you, you know, that's the way you're thinking about. You've got Facebook Marketplace, you've got OfferUp, you've got Craigslist, you've got custom builds, um, you've got all those websites that you can um, 
go to that that ha- already have traffic that's generated. So you're just you know filling a slot there and hoping that your eyeballs fall on you. Um, if you're something different, like Joel's, like you know Joel's quite a bit of a different marketplace in that. Uh, then the, then the marketing becomes a whole bit multifaceted and quite a bit different than what you know the the average basement garage guy is looking for. So you're, you're, this is a rabbit hole. We could break this down into you know thirty different parts and have fifty podcasts on it. Yeah, which by the way was my original intent. <laughs> but but I, I, oh, this is gonna. Hey, this is this is this is part one of a fifty part good. series here. By the they, way, but, so, so so the so, so let's let's say that you're let's say you're let's let's talk about traditionally making things, right? So you you make a product of of signs and home goods and the things that woodworkers often do. Um, I think the best place for you to start would be Etsy. And I think you should look around for products like yours. Um, unless you have something completely new and different. Um, it, there's a good chance that somebody's already doing it. Um, figure out why you can do it better. Don't necessarily make it cheaper. There's no, there's no rush to the bottom on this stuff. This is all handmade goods. All right. <clears throat> There's no benefit of making it cheaper. Um, there is a, a there's a, there are better ways to market yourself. Um, having if you can't write good copy, if you can't make good descriptive sentences, if you can't if you can't make good uh, photographs, then those would be the things to hire out. Uh, get friends that can write. Get friends that can use a camera and take your stuff and and get good photos for them. Uh, photos sell a thousand times more videos sell a thousand times more than that uh and and those are all things that i would start with if i was you know if i was making if i was i was on a lathe and i was turning vases and i was turning goblets and i was turning bowls and all the things that you can do with a with a lathe and i wanted to sell those to people all around the world i'd probably go to etsy as my base of operations and I would build my catalog as best I can. And I'd use the tools that Etsy provides by offering discounts and codes, updating blogs, talking about what you do and why you do it. I would include videos about yourself and your process. Like these are all things when people want the goods that we likely encounter the most in this, then those are going to be handmade uh, items, right? They'll kind of fall into that world. And people want the story behind it. They they want to know the artist because that's what they consider you, right? They don't know if it's in, the sto- you know story sells a story sells a product. That's that's right. Yeah. So if if that's your thing now, if you're not making the next electric car, that's not how you do an electric car, right? That's yeah. that's not how you're you're not saying that I'm you know Joe Blow. Although actually, it might actually work if you're working out of your garage and this is the next thing, you know, it's sliced you know, some sliced bread. Um, you could probably take that angle too, but specifically on home goods and, and crafts and art and jewelry, all those things, really people want to say, when somebody comes up to their house and they say, oh, that's an amazing breadboard. Where'd you get that? Well, let me tell you, there's this guy that has an Etsy shop and he's got one arm and he only uses hammers to carve wood. And his, <laughs> his, name's, and his got- name's Little Ricky. And, and him and his dog have the same and, name. Yeah, Little Ricky and Little <laughs> Ricky right. Jr., right? And you got to look him up because this guy's amazing. He posts videos every week. 
He does these things, he updates things, he puts out new stuff, and they're limited edition, one-of-a-kind kind of things. Like, that's the story you want, right? Because you want somebody at the table because that's your next customer, right? By the way, just a little tip for marketing folks out there. A, uh, if you can market with pets, do it. <laughs> yeah. So the pets, the people, people have, are 70% more likely to fill their animals' prescriptions before they are to fill their own. So just uh, if you could market with pets, do it. But you were saying? <laughs> um, you know, I think you, you, one of the things that you see happening in the industry now across the board is social media marketing. And it uniquely, you guys are here. You're listening to it here on SoundCloud or the, on the internet. Um, you're you're uh, watching us now on YouTube. Um, this is all part of that network. So, and it's, it's, I, it's funny that if you look at the industry from just the tool industry, um, you look across the board, companies like Home Depot, Lowe's, all the big companies just last year moved another $30 million into, inter, into social media marketing last year, 30 million. Across the board, we're talking over $15 billion was moved to social media marketing last year, taken away from the television industry, taken away from traditional media marketing, and moved to social media. And that's, there's a reason for that. It's because social media marketing works. So um, you know, if you want to kind of you know, use the big guys as an example, they understand that social media marketing works. So this is really a great place to start. And if you're already in this world, you're already vested in it, you're a leg up already. So everybody here listening understands what we talk about when we're talking about Facebook or Facebook ads because you've seen them, Instagram ads, you've seen those. So, you know, um, that's what we're talking about today. And I guess that makes a lot of, if you want to start a business and if you're talking about marketing aspect of it, definitely social media is the place to be. It's where everything's moving to. Um, I had a conversation with one of the marketers at Home Depot last year, and they were, uh, they did a discovery where they invited a bunch of bloggers and and YouTubers and stuff out. And they spent $2.5 million to just have us hang out and meet some of the brands that they work with. And there, that was a discovery for them. They just spent $2.5 million to try and figure out what the heck is going on with these social media folks, with these bloggers and YouTubers and Instagrammers. Why are they so successful? Now, the reason that it works is because of our close rates. Our close rates are higher than any <coughs> television ads, any any type of traditional media marketing, any, any of that. And the reason it works is because we are Social media is people. We are the people. We're we're um, uh, guys that are successful on YouTube or on Instagram. We're just like you. We're 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 the average guy and average, you know. And it's easy to relate. So it becomes one of those things where if you're going to market, use that to your advantage. You're you know use your story, use your averageness, so to speak. As an advantage, um, take that to the next. You can you, you can use that on the social media world as well, and you know, as a small company starting out, don't be afraid to reach out to guys like, um, you know, reach out to Jimmy. Say, hey Jimmy, I got this cool thing I did. Would you be interested in you know maybe showing it on one of your talks or something? And I'll send you one. And um, if you're not a multi-million dollar uh, tool company trying to take advantage. Most of the time, guys like me and Jimmy and others are all about helping promote promote people from within the community. So, um, do that kind of thing for sure. Hmm. Anyway, that was off to the side again. But uh, <laughs> the the sidebar. <laughs> well, this whole conversation lives in the sidebar. It's everybody. Yeah, absolutely, everybody has a thing, and it's it's mostly unique. 
and you can learn from the other people that are in that field, that kind of unique little area, and you can look to see how they're doing uh, within within their sphere, and then you can uh, you can do it better. I, and and that takes time, and that takes effort, and oftentimes, and it's hard to say to someone as a nine to five job, hey, listen. You know that vacation that you were looking to take in with kids. If you want this, if this is a dream, if this is important, then those kids are going to be eating bologna sandwiches for a while until you get things kind of rocking and rolling. And it, it <laughs> on their hand, right, right. There'll be no bread in no, the sandwich. No, <laughs> that's right. Right. Yeah. Well, that's must, mustard yeah, is for at... closers. But by, by the way, too, is it you know you're one of the things, and, and this is something that I don't think a lot of people think of because. They have a hard time sort of um, – people always have a hard time seeing themselves, right? But um, the thing that – you just said that a lot of people are really you know, are primarily unique. The problem is to outsiders, they don't always look that way. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's – you know, people within the community, we know – I mean, all the, just think about all the makers that we know, right? Just from, from the makers. Literally thousands. Every single person has got a different specialty, a different thing they do, a different. I mean, they're they're all, with the exception of the reclaimed audio guys, because all they make is guitars, and it's you know that there's nothing else. But the but everybody else is you know they're pretty, they're just different, right? Um, they the the issue is is that trying to make yourself seem different or look different from somebody who doesn't live within that world that can see the granularity of it. There's there's a trick there. Um, I don't know that I understand it a hundred percent because, you know, take, take our buddy Lutz, right? He makes guitars out of cigar boxes and basically anything he can get his hands on. Um, and you've got Tim who's on the same show. He, he's doing all these reclaimed guitars now, right? So they've got, and, and they're all, they're both real unique pieces and they're very different in their production. They're very different in their, um, you know, their value, and even the two guys that make them are very different. But from an outsider, you know, they look like guitars. You know what I mean? It's like they – so it's how they're, – they're, and, and we know these guys really well. They are both incredibly unique, and they are very specialized in what they're making. It's just how do you make it look that way to the outside world? Or is that even that important, do you think? I mean, is it, does I, it matter? I don't know. I don't think you have to. I think I've <sighs> met – you know, since, since YouTube and all this stuff, I've met – hundreds of individuals and every single one of them are unique in their own way. And I think if, um, you know, if you're real and we're talking about the marketing aspect here, we're not talking about getting popular on YouTube or Instagram or any of that crap. If you're real, you tell a true story behind it. Uh, you share a passion. Uh, I think that's probably the one thing that people relate to the most is sharing a passion. And if you can relate to people, there's a, here's a trick. If you can make what you're doing relatable to the person you're trying to communicate to, you've just, you've got 99% of the battle already fought. Um, You have to be able to relate it to it, whether that's through the story, through the product itself, through, um, through the relationship that you develop with people or um, a community. Uh, If you're, that's, if you're just be yourself everybody's unique in their own way and that also but there's also commonalities there that make things relatable so be, you know uh if you can hurdle that one thing and become relatable um like i said through through whatever factor it happens to be then that that's another aspect of um of uh making a, making a sale it's like hey you know this guy's doing this and he's pretty cool i like this product and you know he's 
down to earth. He's whatever he is or she is. Uh, that that just makes it even more saleable. <clears throat> one thing, tell me if tell you something else real quick before you jump in. And this is one thing that I'm. And I I can go on about the millennials all day, and not all of it's perfect. Not all of it's good. Uh, trust me on that. Um, no, it's but they're doing something very unique that I I think is one of the most admirable things I've seen in any um, you know block of a generation. Is they're becoming they're very they don't purchase things like we did when we were young. You know, we saw Lone Ranger on TV. Oh, I want to get the Lone Ranger, Dad. Um, it seems like the, the the trend there is they're they're more uh, they're more unique about their purchasing habits. Like they they want the story, they want the more personal items, that kind of thing. So not necessarily, uh, uh, you know, that really polished manufactured item is what it was what the what that market's looking for. So you can exploit different markets too. I mean, depending on your demographic, if you're in the you know the forty five to sixty five range, that's a whole different marketing. Um, world than if you're into like the 20 to the 35, 40 range, you know, that, that that's, so you have to approach that as well. If you understand your demographic, that's going to help a lot. I keep jumping well, all the, over the, the place I mean, because the, each, each the, idea leads to The eyes to aren't centralized is the thing though. So that's, you know, you used to, everybody used to sit in front of the same TV and watch the same three stations, you know, and then you get the Lone Ranger thing. That's, you know, with cable and everything kind of going away, people... They they get the product that they they are the product. It's you know they the product is whatever is on their person, right? That's the yeah. It's the Beats headphones. It's the iPhone. It's the you know whatever the newest thing is. It's that it, it shows off their person. Where what you're talking about used to used to make an icon out of somebody, right? Now the icon is me. You know that's because all everything is so personalized. It doesn't. You know, well, yeah, there, yeah. there is no Roy Rogers to you know sell me a BB gun anymore. You know what I mean? So I mean, just, you, we still have Beyonce. <laughs> Beyonce cologne and our perfumes. Oh, yeah, and, and, all, and they'll always you know. be the megastars, but that's, you know, right, right. That, that with the, you know, millennial generation, that's something different. But um, I want to, yeah, want, I want to take, ahead. I want to bring Ryan Ridgely up as an example here, real quick. Ryan um, does mostly games, you know, like um, uh, Connect Four games and recently the pumpkin or the, the pumpkin launchers. Have you guys yeah, Apple those? launchers. Apple launchers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and he's finding some success in what the way he's been kind of approaching his market, which is through uh, media, you know local businesses through uh, f- uh, flea markets. I hate to use that term, but flea markets and that kind of stuff. And each and he's been really unique about how he does stuff. Uh, you know, telling the story, setting things up, really being really proactive with his stuff. And you're, he's starting to grow. You're seeing that growth thing in what he's got. And if he keeps that behavior up. You know, um, I don't, he's never going to, he, you know, he'll, he will not be, um, you know, another target, but he has potential to grow a very healthy, strong business and, and expand that. I mean, what he's doing is definitely scalable um, just through telling a story and being unique about the way he does it and using social media marketing and, and um, all those little facets that he has locally, he's investigated <clears throat> and he's using and it's working for him. So hats off and, to to Ryan for that for that. And by the uh, way, job. anybody who thinks they're gonna they're gonna start a YouTube channel and then start a business, you're doing it backwards. Yeah. <laughs> you need the business. Anybody first. that starts YouTube channel as a as a viable option for a business is batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah, so. so it's it, it. I think there's there's something to be said about taking a mix of, of medias, and because not every person connects the same way. I think if you wanted to take your handmade goods, put them on Etsy. And I think if you wanted to cross kind of pollinate with using Facebook 
uh, advertising, and then interest, face, well, all kinds, right? And so, and and then if you there's a little click box in the ads to make sure that they go on Instagram too. Although I would tell you that you may want to do something slightly different for an Instagram crowd because you have different things that it's hitting on in different ways people want to digest their their media. Enough, Joel, maybe. I, do you have any experience with that? Because what I've been finding is, at least the the circles I run in, they're not getting as many clicks through Instagram as they are as on Facebook. They're getting a lot more clicks with a lot less views on Facebook than they are with the Instagram um, ads. Can I talk and bad I about Instagram for a second? And, and not bad, just as my own personal opinion. Um, sure. It has nothing to do with anybody else's. I like words. Like I, I, I like the idea of having a conversation. Having a picture or the 15th picture, or the 441st picture of your dog um, is great, and that's fine, and there's a moment that it kind of tells the story, right? But I also like having the dialogue of having the interaction. Now, that apparently makes me old uh, as far as, as social media goes, um, because, because more people are, I, I think on the younger demographic, are, are looking at Instagram type posts as a preferred method of engaging with people. Um, well, the problem with Instagram is it's not an engagement tool. It's it's disposable media. Right. I mean, it's even the nature of how you look at it's, it. It's, yeah, it's a five-second look, move, is, look, move, look. I mean, it's, yeah. You know, That's what I've always called it is the five-second fix, you know, because you can get all your content in seconds. Right. And so. Yeah, well, and that's – so, I mean, the nature of that isn't engagement. The nature of that by its, by its very being is one of, you know, just – flipping so you're constantly so moving the, off to the, the problem place. that happens then is uh as much effort as you put in that means the people that are using the platform um are treating it a lot like television where there's something there for five seconds uh that that entertains you and at best you're you're going to get a comment from them which somebody has to thumb out uh second best you get a little heart from it and more than likely, though, that your thing is going to be seen, but just scrolled past. Um, so I, I tend to find for things that if you want to engage a buyer that on something that's not like visually stunning, then Facebook is probably going to be one of those places uh, that you're going to find an outlet for uh, with better results. I think people will have discussions about it. And I think people will be more apt to comment on it because it's a commenting platform. And those things all drive interest and also give you organic reach because there are people either sharing it. Uh, in, to my knowledge, Instagram really doesn't have a very good way to share, correct? Is that, am I still? No, I'd, I'd never really good with being able to share thing. I always got to screenshot everything. Right. <laughs> on it, yeah. On Instagram, they do have a way to share, but it's limited. You can share it, it with sucks. a person that you're subscribed to. But not, you, you can't, can't like repost, right? Well, you can, but you have to download an app to repost. That's, yeah. Like that's, a it's a pain in the rear end. Nobody, and I don't, that's one of the reasons I don't do right. it. Right. So. So, so it makes it really hard to get traction on those things beyond the dollar that you put into it. Right. So if that costs you 35 cents, it, it, it is, it is starting and stopping with those pull of people that match your specifics. In Facebook, you get a chance, at least, with people that are really interested in what you do 
And even if it comes across as an advertisement, because what advertisements do is oftentimes it leads them back to your main kind of page. Uh, and it allows them to browse other things that might be of interest because now chances are your second, your widget B is in the same uh, purview, is in the same arena as widget A that, that initially interested them. And now we have somebody that is actively going through your catalog. And that's a person that is, it's like, it's like, um, it's like handing out flyers at the door for the sub shop. You know, now you have somebody actually going, oh, uh, yeah, I am hungry. I'm going to come in and take a look at what sandwiches you have to offer. And like, that's, mm. that's how that person gets paid. It's sitting there in the, in this, you know, hoagie suit, you know, on the sidewalk with a, with a sandwich board attached to him. You know, they, they, they get paid for those leads, right? That's how they earn that. And that's how you should earn it too. You really want something, a medium that can move people from one thing to the next while keeping them around you. Because if one day, maybe not that day, but if one day they go, oh, it's, uh, you know, Uncle Bubba's birthday coming up. And I, he really, really enjoys that crusty long board, uh, you know, for bread. And I, let's get him a new one because that one's seen better days. And now here you are and you happen to be making... You know, breadboard, crusty bird, crusty, crusty breadboards, crusty breadboards. <laughs> you could start a whole company for crusty breadboards. You breadboards. Yep. Dot com. Hmm. Niche marketing Crus- is. <laughs> I've always, you know, and I've heard a lot of very smart, very smart marketing people uh, always say that, that, especially small business is, we're leading up to, um, the way of these middle sized businesses in this world are going away. Uh, you're going to either be large corporation or small, you know, small businesses. And that's what we're going to be made up of here in the U.S. These mid-sized companies that are doing, you know, ten to fifty million dollars a year are, are they're disappearing? They're disappearing. Uh, it's harder and harder. The workforce is harder and harder to keep going. It's, it's just becoming more and more difficult to be a um, to be a businessman in the U.S. Um, even small. Uh, uh, you know, once you step out of that, once you get beyond five, six, ten employees, it becomes crazy. And depending on the states you're in, it can get really crazy. Yeah, once you get once you get um, to thirty employees, it's time for you to afford all the things that you need to support thirty employees. And it's just, it's. I mean, you have to have your own HR department at that point, and there there goes another fifty thousand dollar position. And then you need to have all the support staff for those people. It gets very hard move beyond yeah, that. Yeah, and when we say when you hire somebody for $50,000, they don't cost you $50,000. They cost you 80 grand or 100 grand. Either. Right? You know, so and if that person isn't making you that in return, it's just not worth it. So it becomes one of those situations where anyway, large large largely in part, smart guys are saying it's going to be small. So, you know, niche marketing as far as I'm concerned, is the future. It's the way to go. It's find that niche. You don't have to find one niche. Find seven, eight niches that you can be in, but play in those niches. Not don't try to you know don't try to cover the whole the whole globe, so to speak. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. It's. I mean. So, I mean, and we can continue this conversation for as long as you want to have it. So I I I, I still have to I still have to get an answer to my to one of my first questions. What you have you <laughs> so the the first thing is forget forget the, the forget the philosophy of it all. Who's who's uh if I gotta if I want to sell box widget A, um do I is is eBay the place is Amazon the place? What what's the what makes up the best ideas for marketplaces? I know. Got my. I got my start on eBay back when eBay was new and strong. I was selling rustic furniture on eBay, and I was selling it like crazy. 
as fast as I could build it, I could sell it over there and for reasonable amounts of money. It wasn't dirt cheap. Now it's a lot. It's the competition is stiff over there, and it's really, really hard place to to make any money. And with uh, with the gas prices have skyrocketed in the last twenty years, shipping has gone phenomenal. It was expensive back then. Now it's crazy. So um, make sure you're keeping it small if you're selling it on eBay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I if I was just starting out and I had to do it all over again, I would I would start with like ads on Facebook, Facebook ads. That's where I would. Yeah, I, th- I think your very first thing is to put your own marketplace together. I mean, I, th- I honestly, I think it's it, do your own website and then cross promote to to that's that's where the first market you put it on is your own place, right? It has to have a home, right? And it might as well be your place because you have full control over that, right? Take pretty pictures. Yep. Make sure your text is capturing. It's it's inviting. It's personable. Um, hashtag yep. butt stuff. Yep. Hashtag butt stuff. <laughs> And then, and then, and then work on getting that really nice and good. And then if it's in the hand, handmade arena, then I would say Etsy is a great place to start and, and move marketing towards that. I think Facebook ads to draw to a Facebook page would be a great place to go. Uh, anything that's custom would be a good place to be on both Etsy and on Facebook within a page. Um, and then the biggest thing that you have to do is continually update and keep the people interested in what you do. And that helps any single thing that you do, whether it be a web page or whether it be a marketplace like that. Um, and then there's no real cost to do anything. I would, working on Amazon a lot, I would steer people away from Amazon. It's, it's really, it's the big boys club and it's meant for people that do huge volumes and it's really brutal. And we, we can have a whole class if you want on on how to deal with amazon but it is it is a it is a monstrous uh organization of um it's expensive as it's well. it's very expensive and it's it is um it is unforgiving there there are there there's a long list of rules that you have to follow and by not following those sometimes your money gets seized until it doesn't there isn't a good reason why oftentimes and there isn't a good reason why it gets released when it does so it's 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 both uh intricate and precise and oftentimes very vague i i don't i don't know how to explain that any better intentionally gray yeah yeah it's 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 really tough if you ever wanted to go see what sellers do on on amazon as far as problems Go look up Amazon's, uh, they have forums for Amazon sellers. And it is, yeah. it is a depressing world. This is th- why I like Facebook over, over Etsy. And Gary just made this point. I want to point that out. Um, is that with, with Facebook ads, you can place an ad, you can drive them to your Facebook page where they're seeing your Facebook page and the stuff that you're making with Etsy. When you drive them there, they see your stuff and all your competitor stuff. So you're you're spending the energy to get them there, and they're not just seeing you; they're seeing everybody. Yeah, but that also works kind of in your like I said. Don't put don't put don't put both feet in the same pool, right? So like the same the same the whole thing is that it 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 brings those customers to you as well, and there's no reason why you can't do all of them. Etsy doesn't cost anything until you sell something, right? And then you've made your money. So that's okay. 
So if you have your own website and if you're running your now Facebook ads cost whatever they cost, whether or not you sell anything. So if you have your Etsy stuff going on over in this corner and you have your Facebook page and your own website, you really should be taking people off Facebook to do your selling. Like you really do need to move those people off to your website. And and Well, you should be moving everybody to your right. website. That's that's your funnel, right? You know, Etsy, Etsy, Facebook, whatever you're doing is a funnel to get them to your. You website don't, you don't you need all control. the distractions of notifications popping up on on Facebook and things that'll draw people away. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is you want to get them to click off of Facebook. Facebook really doesn't want you to have them click off. In in the browser version, it'll say, "Hey, you're going, you know, to another site. Um, are you sure you really want to do this?" And and yes. so. <laughs> right, right, and so so those Take are those are. Here. There's no reason not to, not to move people away. There, there's no bad reason to moving people away from Facebook um, or Etsy or any of the other platforms. The idea is that you get in front of somebody's eyes. You can stay there long enough to make an impression, and either they remember you when they have money in their wallet, or they buy something. Hopefully, right then, because you happen to fill a need that they're looking for, whatever the widget is. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's the whole idea of it. Um, just make sure I can only tell you this is uh, the same audience that you reach because of the the interest that advertising and social marketing can do are the same people that are going to find the bad reviews. And I can't stress this enough. Treat every customer like gold, even if they're a piece of shit, because they have the same voice that you do. And oftentimes what somebody says about you in an online situation is more important than 10 of your posts about yourself. Um, so, so, and so just don't, you got to treat. Yeah. You, every time a customer says, well, this wasn't exactly what I want. I want my money back. You should respond. And I hate this. And it, I have to slap myself seven or eight times when I do it because I type out the message about five different ways until I say, no problem. We can take care of that. Let me send you a tag. I'm going to pay for shipping. Sorry about the confusion, disappointment, whatever it is. We're going to take care of you. And if you if you don't do those simple things, and I didn't for a while, I'd be like, listen, buddy, you know, you did a thing. We paid for the shipping. You got the thing. You broke the thing. I what what do you want us to do about it? It's immediately a bad review, right? And and it's like you look at it and you go, oh, that just cost me three five hundred dollars, and it. Could have just oh, could have yeah. just cost me seven dollars in shipping, or fourteen, or fifteen dollars in shipping. And I, well, there's a company I, there's a company on Amazon I do business with regularly called Anchor A N K E R yeah. is the name of everybody knows who they are. Um, I ordered a couple of lightning cables from them. And do you, do you, wait a minute? Do you blow through those? Like I'm thinking about buying them by the gross. Well, so I'll I'll get to that in a second. So I I bought the. Just or whatever the run of the mill lightning cables were at the time, and for the iPhones here, for because I have kids and they they use chargers like freaking drinking water. But um, the two of the ones they sent me were um, broke, like they within a day or two they just didn't work. So I sent the guy, I sent the lady a message just asking, hey, what's the warranty on these? And she was like, well, if they're broken, just let me know and I'll go ahead and send you, you know, new blah blah blah. I was like, okay, um, that's. Thank you. And so I, I was like, do you send a tag for the old ones? Or she said, no, just keep the ones that work. And here, and they sent me, I ordered four. Um, two were broken. They sent me four new ones. And then I got two that were working. And I was like, I can send these back. She said, no, no, that's fine. Just keep them. 
Um, and they did the same thing with a Bluetooth speaker that I had. Um, I bought that was it, the um, the Bluetooth speaker. I got the volume, but it, it would rattle if you got the volume up really high. But the speaker for I mean the rest of it did, it works just fine. And I said, you know, I bought it, turned it on. I was like, okay, this doesn't work. Send them a message. They shipped me another one, and that was like a sixty dollar Bluetooth speaker. But well, you know, and I go online and I leave them five star reviews all over the place and talk about how good their customer service is constantly. And I mean, I can't imagine it cost them that much to make that freaking Bluetooth speaker. But you know, I mean, they they just yeah no, just keep that. I was like, well, I'll, let me send it back. It just you know probably just needs to be re- no no hold on to it. And here's another one. You know, it's just that like their and their reputation online is exactly like that. Like how many people leave a one star review and then they correct it to a five star? They're like oh my god, their customer service department reached out to me and blah blah blah. You know, it's just like oh shit, this is <laughs> you know and they're like a real business. So yeah, I, they, there's uh, there's something to be said about. If you're if you're in God, the tool industry in a, could learn from those guys. A tool industry's got some of the worst customer service ever. There's very few tool companies with with just balls on great customer service. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. It's 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 just it's and sometimes because you know you 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 live and breathe by each sale when you're small. Like there's no way around it. Like every one of those is heartstring and, and you're like, Oh, thank God for that email because you know, it dings and it's like, you have a new sale and you're like, Oh, okay. So just like every month, the bills are your stress level. And every time a new sale comes in, you get a, you know, that little, little bit down, like, like you just get to push it down just a little bit. And, Mm -hmm. and as soon as somebody says, Hey, I'm not real happy about this. You got to just be like, you know, lady, that's my light bill, you know, but you can't like that. It's just a right. They don't care. Mm-hmm. It's it's not their light bill. They bought a shitty product or they bought something they didn't like. Right? So so then you say, Okay, no problem. I'm here to help. How can we make this better for you? And and you you just have to. And it's it's not about God, Joel, you are so much better than Oh, me. it is so man, I, I it's <laughs> just you, like you know, like uh you know you know when people uh, say like you can beat a lie detector by putting a tack under your toe so you can get that pain level like to like to, to simulate you know like stress of of answering a question it's like that it's like you have to like you have to like start punching yourself in the thigh as you reach you know as you're typing out this email and going yes mr and mrs customer i'd love to take yeah, care of exactly you. because you because you're Breaking like your own thumb I could, with i need to <laughs> say i need to come hang out with you you need, i need to rub some of that mojo to rub off it, on it's me. not easy it's a, it's a it is a uh it's a it's 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 a it's a matter of survival for a small company because you can't you just can't there's only so many times that you can take those hits and they really put a major dent in people's faith in you because you don't have a name that is associated with quality. You have a name that they're interested I, in. Listen, I, I, I'm, an, I, I'm a sales manager for an online uh, mortgage company. And we are, um, we, you know, we have a name, you know, and we have an online reputation. When you get somebody on the phone, you have to treat that. And, and believe me, doing mortgages is frustrating for people because they don't understand them. They don't understand them. No one wants to do, when people want a mortgage, they just want a mortgage. They don't want to know. They don't want to get a mortgage experience. Right. So, um, they just want, where do I sign? You know, how, why do I not have the money? You know, what is all this stuff you need for me? So, um, having to explain the process is the biggest part of things. And that's, you know, I have to deal with that stuff all the time is trying to 
okay, tell me what happened. You know, and, and, and 90% of the time, it's just a lack of understanding. What happened? How do we fix it? And then how much money do I have to throw at the problem to, to get it? Because online reviews for our for our organization, if you get a couple bad ones, like you can go a week without talking to somebody again. I mean, it's just it, because we all of our internet, um, all of our you know leads is what we call them, come from the internet. So if you get a one-star review that goes online, you know, recently, and you don't have a, you know, hey, Mr. Customer, please reach out to me. I'm the manager here. It, you could go literally an entire week before you hear from the next person because they just look at you like, oh, they don't care. Um, you know, yeah, people, a week's people worth pass of not by talking that. to people cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, yeah, but I, I deal with that stuff frequently, and you got to, it's not about how you feel or what you want to do or if you want to punch somebody in the face because they just don't understand or they, you know, they're lit just actually going out of their way to be a gigantic asshole um, because people do that too. You know, <laughs> yes, you, they you do. Got, you got to you got to <laughs> put all the- of that stuff to the side <laughs> and just be like, how do I? Cause how do I? Ma- how do I keep my reputation? Um, you know, untarnished. I mean, because it, uh, you know that 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 tarnish costs money and it costs. Well, it's, it's one of my on ongoing. Um, hatred for things like yelp and things like that people people yelp is the worst website that's ever right. existed and, and it's it, the problem is that it 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 narrows down a single thing displays it to everybody as and presents itself as the status quo for that operation right so you go in there well, not only that if you have good reviews you have to it, it's they're harder to find like we had when uh I worked for a company a couple of years ago. We had a three-star Yelp review, right? Uh, or I'm sorry, yeah, it was a three-star Yelp review. There was four reviews that were showing on there. The company had 50-plus Yelp reviews. And the, if you found the other ones, they were all five-star, four-star, great job. But the ones that were advertised were the – and we ended up having to pay to be one of their friggin' partners so that we could have more control over which, over which ones displayed. Mm-hmm. Talk about the literal extortion. Exactly what it was, and they actually we were watching a lawsuit with those guys with somebody in New York at one point because they the the and it, I don't even remember where it ended up going, but they were you know basically your three star review shows up and you've got you know once you got one five star review and a couple of other ones and it's just the people that said the shittiest things in the world, um you know about your organization. But hey, these other the all these other reviews that are legitimate, we I, we can show. Hey, these are actually people we close with. Here's the, all of their information is correct. These aren't made up. They're not bullshit. But they um they would not display those when you search for our company, and we had to be a partner with them so that you when you all, all of a sudden we gave them uh, X number of dollars a month, and our goddamn reviews went up to four you know four point six something. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I see how this is. This is extortion. This exactly. Yeah. There's no. There's no. There's no other way to call to call. Yeah, that was bullshit. Is what it was. You know, I was like, so 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 that's your PayPal. Hoping it would work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, don't people don't 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 use Yelp. Don't don't use PayPal. It's it's just not worth your time. I I happen to like PayPal. So stop it. I, I I like I like Elon Musk. So that's uh he he's been on a podcast I mean, I'll, 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 I haven't seen. I would I I'll, I'll smoke but. a blunt with you if it gives us those kind of ratings. Right? Joe friggin' Rogan. But anyway, well listen, this uh this has been we're we're about an hour and 15 at this point. So, and and uh, not to end But this has been a good conversation. Again, I would like to uh carry this on in another Well, I I feel bad that we talking a little bit more ended on that kind of a note though. 
but but no no that's that's a good way to end. that's the uh, people people like being pissed off we, uh, we're we're holding them on to the next show right right <laughs> well we, we can continue to talk about this because i think this is i think i think there are a lot of people that would be interested in in how we do what we do and all the millions of things that we've done wrong oh yeah we don't have enough shows left <laughs> for the number of things i've done wrong so but um, Izzy, anything to take us out, or are you <clears throat> did I did I tap your brain for ideas? This is probably the most you've talked in six le- six shows. Yeah, no, I, just, I got excited about this. This is a lot of fun. Unfortunately, <laughs> my brain's going in thirty different directions today. So, um, well, which, take notes. We uh, we do it, other shows, uh, which it does often. Which it does often. I actually want to talk about dreams if we get a chance at some point. Um, you know, like if you dream, like what being dreams, chased by sharks? What your dreams mean? With no, lasers. I had a really good conversation with a buddy of mine on the phone the other day, and we were talking about some childhood dreams that we had that were reoccurring. I'm like, you know what? This would be a fun conversation for the podcast. So I think at some point, maybe we should do that. I think it would be entertaining to say. I actually, I have a very specific version of that, that I, I, my therapist is the one that pointed out what it actually meant. And I stopped having it after uh, she did that. Well, let's, let's save it for the podcast. I'll I'll, I'll share that one sometime soon. That would be fun. I think that would be a fun podcast to do a little bit more lighthearted than um, business, which I think uh, we should definitely revisit this and maybe, maybe we can um, dial it down to a few key points of of business because, and and I want to point out that we, all of us, uh, myself, and I'm talking mostly about myself. I have, um, you know, I've been to the top of the hill and back down to the bottom. You know, it's really easy to make bad decisions. And I think um, maybe we do a podcast about that sometime, making bad decisions, biz- bad business decisions, and hopefully maybe some of my experience. I'm an expert. Out there. So, uh, uh, hey, I have my I have my uh, my honors badge <laughs> and I mean, in, I'm, in shitty choices. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> so. You know, and I've always said I've never been afraid to uh, to screw up or fail. I mean, publicly or not, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, I make a decision, I go for it. Sometimes it doesn't work out, and then I'm actually recovering from a very big screw up. Well, big in in my terms, um, and I'd be happy to talk a little bit about that and uh, maybe see about you know. Maybe that would be a good conversation for a future one as well. But I really enjoyed tonight's podcast. Uh, so thank you guys. That was a great topic, Mike. I'm I'm excited. So good. I, so 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 don't use eBay. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I mean, you know, unless you're importing stuff from China that's dirt cheap and you can sell for a premium and don't care, you know, don't don't do it. No, I, I just nice. don't see it. I don't see it as a, a place for handmade goods anymore. I'm seeing benches being sold over there out of pine and and. Um, cedar that uh, you can't go out and buy the material for cheaper than they're selling it you know you just can't so Mm -hmm. unless you have your own sawmill and don't want to ever sleep again and just work for free more or less i wouldn't you know that's my my two cents that's that's probably a bad business choice so sure yeah but uh anyway well listen everybody uh thanks for listening um if you've got any ideas for uh if you'd like to continue this conversation by the way um you know send us some messages if you guys uh, have some feedback, there's been some folks uh, that, that watched us on YouTube here that have had some feedback running, and uh, that's been interesting to see. Um, and if you guys have any feedback you want to provide us, you can find us. We're uh, at Maybe Podcast on Facebook. Um, we're also on Instagram and Twitter at Maybe Podcast. We don't do much on those uh, channels, so Facebook's the most active. Uh, if you aren't part of the We Like to Make Stuff Facebook group, go sign up over there for that because... A lot of these conversations get happen. Well, they happen a lot more granularly, and you know, there's pretty sort of deep one-offs that, that take place there. So, if you're not in that group, go sign up for that group. Um, but uh, send, you know, send us some messages online. All the social media channels we're at maybe uh, at maybe podcast. 
If you don't subscribe to our YouTube channel, get your lazy ass over there and click that button because uh, we do these live and they go up. Um, usually Sunday or Monday night, just uh, usually. Yeah, we'll start. Uh, we we we're trying to we're going to try to start getting on a more regular schedule for that stuff. I'm done like for Sunday fiber. nights. I'm, um, I'm, that's my vote. Sunday nights. Okay, well, we'll take it. We do have the HR, uh, $50,000 a year HR department that we'll run it by. And, uh, <laughs> Actually, I think we fired we them, about, but we had to use a different yeah. HR department to do it. We got to talk about our. Uh, we got to talk about our rebalancing on our four hundred one k for the next the next one. So, but thanks everybody for listening. Uh, thank you very much, guys, for the great conversation. I thought it was a, a very interesting topic, and uh, we'll definitely spend some more time on it. So sounds good. And everybody have a good night, and uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Good night, everybody. Thank you.